Welcome to The Policy Shop, weekly conversations with public policy experts where we'll dive into the most important issues affecting all of us here in Illinois. I'm Hillary Gowans. Let's get started. Welcome back to The Policy Shop. We're less than two months away from the election and everyone's focused on political races, except us. We're thinking about Tennessee. Why? Well, Tennessee is a fast-growing state that's fostering a business-friendly climate that allows employees to make their own choices in the workplace. Illinois, on the other hand, is losing the battle for population and jobs. And oddly enough, Tennessee voters and Illinois voters will both face a big decision this November. They'll have to vote yes or no on Amendment 1. But Amendment 1 looks wildly different depending on whether you're in Tennessee or Illinois. Here to explain is Miley Smith, staff attorney and director of labor policy at the Illinois Policy Institute. Miley, welcome. Hello, thanks for having me again. I always love talking labor policy with you because you know more than anyone else in the state and it's awesome. Um, (laughs) To open, I'm almost scared to say these words, but uh, right to work is at the heart of Tennessee's Amendment 1, right? What's right to work and why is it so controversial? So honestly, I don't know why it's controversial because all it is is allowing workers to decide for themselves whether or not they want to pay a union. In the private sector, That in 27 states, they have that choice. They can decide, you know what? I don't like what the union is doing or I don't like how they represent us. So I'm not going to be a member and I'm not going to pay dues or fees to them. In the minority of states, they don't have that choice. So it really is a worker freedom issue. And it's kind of surprising that that is controversial. The reason it has become controversial is because union bosses don't want employees to have that choice. They don't want to have to work to please the employees and their membership. They just want membership to be automatic um, as opposed to competitive and something that they have to strive to please their members. Um, So really right to work is about the freedom of employees to decide for themselves whether or not part of their paycheck goes to a union. So if you like the union, you can stay. Right. You can join whatever. If you don't, you don't have to. Exactly. Um, so what's really interesting is that we're not even in the same league here in Illinois. There's no right to work here, right? So these two amendment ones are drastically different. That's exactly right. So amendment one in Tennessee will allow right to work in the state. Amendment one in Illinois contains multiple provisions. Um, Most of them are giving power to government union leaders, but there's one provision at the end that bans right to work in Illinois forever, unless there would be some other constitutional amendment at some other point in time. But it would forever remove the possibility of, of private sector workers in Illinois to have that freedom to choose for themselves whether or not to um, support their union. It really is an accountability tool for union leadership. And that's why union leadership doesn't like it. Well, if it's not the law of the land here already, it's hard to understand why it must be long in the constitution, but I suppose we could talk about that more some other time. Um, (laughs) But what's really fascinating to me, I've just been so interested in this since I found out 
that Tennessee also has an amendment one on labor policy, but this, this sort of tale of, of two amendment ones, it seems almost symbolic, right? Like a symbolic of how different Illinois and Tennessee's paths have been policy-wise. And then also in terms of growth, don't you think so? Oh, for sure. I don't, I know that you could pick two more different states in all of those areas. So here in Illinois, we have one of the highest tax burdens in the country. Just since J.B. Pritzker took office, we've had 24 new taxes and fees. I mean, we are not known as being business friendly here in Illinois. Um, We have major, just this year, major headquarters leaving, Caterpillar is leaving, Boeing is leaving, Citadel is leaving, the parent company of Family Video is leaving. Um, And one of the things they cite is the tax and business climate here. And Amendment 1 would cement Illinois' status as an anti-business state. And then on the other side, you have Tennessee, which has been enacting pro-taxpayer reforms, things that are business friendly to create a climate to attract not just um, citizens and residents, but companies. Um, They've tackled pension reform. They have made it easier to fire underperforming state employees. Um, They've replaced, unlike Illinois where teachers can go on strike, um, they have replaced the ability of teachers to strike under collective bargaining with a different kind of system. And, And what's interesting here then is that Tennessee's amendment would cement it as a pro-business climate. So you have Amendment 1 here cementing us as an anti-business state. Amendment 1 there in a state that's already growing is going to cement it as a pro-business state. What's so interesting to me is that right to work here almost doesn't even matter. Like we don't know what's going to happen when Tennessee does or does not approve right to work. If it passes and that's what happens there, it'll take some, some time to figure out how that affects their economy. But, you know, we talk about this a lot. The best way to measure whether a policy is good or bad is to judge it based on its outcomes and not its intentions. And so we do have data to to show that these pro-taxpayer reforms like pension reform, um, like giving families more school choice, these have had overwhelming benefits to not only the people of Tennessee, but also the state as a whole. Now, look, I'm not here to bash Illinois. Like, this is our home. I love Illinois. I am not a Volunteers fan. Tennessee's great, <laughs> but this is our home. And so the the virtue of talking about this stuff here now with you is not to talk trash about our home state. It's, look, if there's a blueprint out there, uh, a playbook for how to grow instead of shrink, we should be paying attention. And I think that that's good, right? Like we should we should be thinking about these things. Um, yeah. And what, what do you think about all of we this? Do this? We're doing this because we love Illinois and right. we want people to stay here. We want our kids to grow up and stay here. That's why we're doing this. Um, I think it's what is really interesting is that proponents have in, of Amendment 1 in Illinois has have framed this, like you said, as a right-to-work battle when we don't even have right-to-work here. <laughs> so it doesn't matter right now, like because it, it, that's not a possibility on the horizon for us. Um, but what we do know is that 27 other states have done it. The majority of states have done it. And in many of those states, 
um, we see an economic climate, a tax climate, a business climate that is better than Illinois. On the other hand, not a single state has done what Illinois is trying to do with Amendment 1. There are four provisions, like I said, in this amendment. It um, creates a fundamental right to bargain collectively that places it on par with the freedoms of religion and speech. It expands bargaining beyond those typical wages and benefits to include broad new subjects that are practically undefined, so practically unlimited. It prohibits lawmakers from ever changing it or limiting it in any way. And again, it, it bans right to work. Not a single state has done any one of those, let alone all four of them. So when you're talking about a blueprint, you have a blueprint that works in these right to work states and proponents are like, oh no, we don't wanna do that. On the other hand, there is no blueprint for what they're trying to do with amendment one. No one else has done it. And there's a reason for that. It's going to raise taxes. It's going to make it harder to operate a business here in Illinois, to be an employer here in Illinois. We're gonna see the exodus of jobs and residents getting worse. So it really doesn't make sense to follow the blueprint that no other state has wanted to take on. Um, another thing that's been so fascinating to me about Amendment 1 is uh, this unknown factor. You know, I, for as much as you know about the amendment, I think most people still haven't heard of it. And so there's been a really different approach, even from proponents, in terms of how public and how vocal they've been about Amendment 1. First of all, when voters go to the ballot, they're not going to see anything called Amendment 1, but it's at the top of the ballot, and it's going to be a question um, asking about, uh, you know, whether voters want to give more rights to workers. And so the question itself is really vague, and I think if you're unfamiliar with Totally. Yeah. <laughs> if you're unfamiliar with it, it sounds really innocuous. And I think yeah. the, the whole strategy of staying sort of quiet uh, is is purposeful. People don't want you to know what this is. People want you to think that this is really like this harmless, well, why not give more rights to workers? This sounds good. Um, but Amendment 1 at the top of the ballot, we know um, it's this, it's like a hidden tax hike almost. Um, and and it's, a tax hike, it's a tax hike on those workers that proponents are claiming to protect. This amendment doesn't really give them any more rights than they already have. It gives union leaders more rights to make demands that are outside wages and compensation. Um, so they're going to be making demands that don't really help their workers but they will be demands that are costly and drive up property taxes, drive up taxes, you know, just pretty much across the board in Illinois. So it is not really something that's going to help workers, but it is something that's going to harm them all because their taxes will go up. Well, Miley, thanks again for, for weighing in on this. Um, we're going to be pretty focused on this amendment throughout the rest of the election season, I'm sure. Um, but there are so many different elements to to dissect here and I appreciate you doing that for us so thanks again yeah always thanks for joining us for today's episode to keep up with all of our work at the Illinois Policy Institute and to sign up for our newsletter visit illinoispolicy.org if you like what you heard today subscribe and give us a five-star review we'll see you next week for another episode of the policy shop